<laughs> first quarter. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, we have a lot more fun planned for you, but here is how this is going to work. I have the message today broken down into four parts, four quarters of the message, seven minutes per quarter. And we are in a series, so I'm going to kind of jump right in. We're in a series called On Purpose, where we've been looking at why God created you. Why did he put you on this planet? Your first purpose, we said, well, you were planned for God's pleasure to be in relationship with him. Your second purpose was you were formed for God's family, um, to be in, his, in, family, in relationship with other people in his church and his people. Purpose three, you were created to be like Christ. It was all about character last week and Christ's character being formed in you. And today, the Super Bowl could not be a better day to talk about God's fourth purpose for your life because it is all about how God uniquely created you to play on his team. It's all about the uniqueness that you have. Now, for a team to get to the Super Bowl, for tonight's games, every person on the team from coach to player to support staff has to play their role. Um, For Kansas City, I'm rooting for Kansas City tonight. I'm excited about the game. I think it's going to be a good game. But to get to this point, you need a whole lot of people doing a whole lot of specific things. You need quarterback who can throw. You need receivers that can catch, running backs who can run, outside tackles who can block, defensive tackles who can charge a QB, long snappers like James Winchester for Kansas City. This is the only time you're going to hear his name said all day. He is only on the field for about 10 to 12 plays whenever they're punting or they're, or they're going for an extra point. That's the only plays that he plays, and so you're not going to hear about him at all. Um, but you also need coaches coaching. You need equipment train, and personnel and training personnel doing what they do, all of them with different skills and abilities and, uh, and things that only they do working on the same team together. And it takes all of them to do their part to become a championship team. Great illustration in our series on purpose, because uh, this series is all from a book called um, uh, Purpose Driven Life. Over 60 million copies have been sold um, around the world. Um, There's a thousand verses of scripture that kind of undergird the five purposes of your life. And so God's fourth purpose for your life out of this book is God's fourth purpose for your life is for him to you to be on his championship team. You were shaped for serving God. And this is what I want to encourage you to do is take some notes today. You've got a note card in your program. It's got some blanks to fill in. I would love for you to take notes, write down anything that comes into your mind that's pertaining to your life and the way that God might want you to serve him. And you never know when God's going to kind of impress something on you. So try and capture that on your paper. Um, But it is the fourth purpose of your life. You were put on earth to make a contribution to God's kingdom. The Bible's word for this is ministry, and I know some of you, like you hear the word ministry and you're like, oh, that's for the pastor, that's for the clergy, that's for staff people of the church, and I will just tell you this, um, in scriptures, the word for ministry is the word service. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I am glad that you are here checking out this thing because life doesn't really begin to make sense until you understand why God made you, until you understand your purposes. Life kind of sees the struggle to make sense of it. But once you begin understanding your purposes, life begins to make a little bit, a little bit of sense. And this purpose is a huge one. If you have stepped across the line of faith, There is no such thing as a non-serving Christian. The moment you gave your life to Jesus, you actually enlisted as a volunteer in his service. You joined God's team, not as a bystander, but as a player. When you said yes to Jesus Christ, you said yes to being on the field, not sitting in the stands. In fact, before you were born, do you know that God actually had a plan in advance for what he wanted you to do with your life, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared when? 
in advance of you showing up on earth. And he gave us those, he had planned in advance for us to do them. Before you were born, you had an assignment. You have a contribution that only you can make. You have work to do for God that he designed you for, that only you can do. And I love how Rick Warren says it. He says what matters in your life is not how long you live, but how you live. What matters in your life is not the duration of your life, but the donation of your life. And here um, is the exciting thing. Not only does God have a plan for your life, but he's already given you the gifts, abilities, and the capacity to do it. We call this your shape. It's the five things that are unique to you that make you you. There is no one else on earth with your talents, abilities, and background. And here's something to think about. God did not give you the talents, abilities, and background for the benefit of you. He gave you those actually for the benefit of other people. 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever spiritual gift, gift, which is spiritual you have received, past tense, it's already there, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You're the steward of it. You're the manager of those gifts. You're You're responsible for the gifts that God has already given to you. And you're to invest that gift and apply it for God's purposes, for serving God and playing on his team. Now, how do you serve an invisible God? You serve God by serving other people. How do you serve an invisible God? You serve God by serving other people. Jesus is talking. He says in Matthew 20, your attitude must be like my own. For I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but serve, to give my life as a ransom for many. So whenever you serve others in any way, you're actually serving God and you're fulfilling one of your purposes. Rick Warren says this. He says, in God's kingdom, you're not saved by service. You're actually saved for service. In God's kingdom, now listen to this, in God's kingdom, you have a place, a purpose, a role, and a function to fulfill. You have that in you already. Now, let me make a clear delineation between this week and next week. So this week we're talking about ministry. Next week we're talking about mission. This week is about ministry. Your ministry is to people inside God's kingdom and inside the church. That is your ministry that God gave you spiritual gifts and wired you for. Next week, we're going to talk about your mission, which is actually outside the church. It's for people that are outside the church and outside of God's kingdom. So today is all about this place and you using your ministry to serve other people. So we're going to be talking about why did God bring you to Kensington? He brought you here because you have something that only you have. You have something to employ here, to use here, that if you don't use it, we won't get the benefit of it. So you need to figure out what that is and be willing to use it here. Why? Because it's the fourth purpose of your life. If you're a Christian, you are a minister. And when you are serving God in in any capacity, you are ministering to other people. So let's get into how God designed you. Okay, here we go. End of the first quarter. All right. Well, that's the end of the first quarter here at the Cypress Center. Good morning. I'm Kyle Under, and to my right, well, I'm sure you recognize this man, Hall of Fame defensive end, Tom Dirty Pants. And we are the Underpants Show here on KOFN, The Coffin. 
We're so glad that you're here this morning. And this segment is brought to us by uh, Discover Kensington Membership, a brand new class being offered by Kensington. If you want to know what it takes to be a member here and what that means and what that looks like, we want you to come out to Discovering Kensington Membership. This is something brand new, never done before, and so we're excited. We want as many people to show up to that as we can. Of course, they're sponsoring this awesome, awesome segment. Well, Kyle, the pregame hype was off the charts did the first quarter live up to that? Well, I think I'd have to say yes and no. Whoever game-planned that bad lip-reading really nailed it. An offensive genius and a wizard. Whoever taught that referee to dance, not so much. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but I couldn't help but feel like the, the, from the first snap, when Valentine first got his hands on the ball, the energy just drained right out of the audience. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Uh, I have some sources in the locker room that got a hold of, of Valentine's game plans, and I'm a little bit surprised to hear that he's going to be using an acronym today during his message. Yep, S-H-A-P-E, right? I, right? I was surprised, too. Usually resorting to an acronym like that or a mnemonic, it, it's really kind of an, an old-school move, an old preacher trick, you know? And um, it's been a long time since I've seen that deployed. Yeah, I mean, honestly, usually that's a sign that a pastor just doesn't have confidence in his message or, or his teaching ability to stand on its own. Yeah, so he has to resort to trickeration. Exactly, just like uh, maybe something you've seen before, some of those desperate hook and ladder plays or a fake punt from your own end zone. Yeah, yeah really sad to see Valentine resort to that kind of thing at this stage in his career. Yeah, it might be an indication that he just has nothing left in the tank and needs to hang it up before he embarrasses himself. Agreed, agreed. Well, well the booth is instructing us that the second quarter is about to begin, so let's send it back down to the field. Start of the second quarter. You guys can see where this is going, right? They didn't tell me any of the jokes before the first service, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, really? I love it. I love it. Well, here's the thing. Uh, we want to get into how did God design you specifically, your personality. Well, there's a bunch of things in there, but, but you specifically to serve in ministry. Before architects design a building, what's one of the first questions they ask? What is it going to be used for? What is its purpose? And then the intended function always determines the form of the building. Now, when God created you, actually before he created you, he decided what role he wanted you to play on earth. He planned how you would serve him, and then he shaped you for those tasks. In fact, you are the way you are because you were made for a specific ministry. God wired you up for that ministry. That's where your shape comes from, um, which, as the guy said, I'm going to use an old preacher trick because I'm out of steam. Um, it's going to be an acronym using the letters S-H-A-P. Your shape consists of five things that make you you. It's your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences. And we're going to kind of break down each one of these, and we're going to start with spiritual gifts. All right, spiritual gift. It is a divine capability given only to Christ followers for the benefit, not of themselves, but the benefit of other people, specifically the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each one of us as a means of helping the what? Entire church. And I'll just tell you, when we know what our spiritual gifts are and we serve in the church, we all benefit, every single one of us. 
If you don't use your gifts inside the church, spiritual gifts that God gave you, then you get cheated and we get cheated because we don't get to feel the power and experience the power of your gifts and neither do you. But when you can identify your gifts and you use them, you realize that you can actually move the church forward on mission, move your own faith ahead because spiritual growth and serving are connected at the hip. And I'll just tell you one of the most pivotal moments of my life was in my late teens. When I was in college, I was forced to speak to junior high kids. Um, I had heard that God wanted me on his team and I was invited to serve in the church that I was at. And, uh, and so I jumped onto the tech team. I was backstage opening and closing curtains and doing all kinds of stuff for like a year. Well, after a year, um, I had heard they needed help in student ministries. All my friends served in high school. And so I went to the student ministry leader. I said, hey, I think I want to jump in and serve in student ministry. And he says, well, I need help in middle school. And I said, no way, man. I'm like, middle school was not very good to me. I was buck tooth. I had a mullet that had a perm in it, okay? I didn't like showers, so I smelled. That was me in middle school. I was that kid. And so I'm like, I gave him the Christian no. I'll pray about it. You know, that really means no if you're a Christian. Um, but, but over the course of a week, I just knew that that is where God wanted me to serve. And so God was nudging me, so I, I jumped in. Then about six months later, um, one night, the, the lead guy who was supposed to speak calls me two hours before service, and he says, I can't talk, I'm sick, I gotta leave, I, I can't come to service, you gotta speak. And then I had that moment where, what do people say they actually fear more than death? public speaking. I had that moment of like, fill your drawers. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so that night I actually gave my first message ever out of the Bible ever in my life. Um, first time ever speaking in front of a group of people. I never did it in school, never did it in college. And here's what happened. It was as if while I was talking and sharing God's word, it was as if my voice suddenly went to the background and God's voice came to the foreground. It's the only way I can describe it. Those kids listened to every word God had to say. And they had fun, they joined in, they learned something, and afterwards they just started opening up. Like, this is my first time ever doing this, and, and they just started opening up to me and telling me about their life. It was the first time in my life that I could ever say, I don't know what happened, but I believe that God might have just done something that I didn't know that I could do. I can't explain what just happened, but something supernatural happened in this moment. And what God did that night as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid, he still does that when I teach God's Word. It is a spiritual gift of teaching. I can't explain it. But when anyone comes up to me and says, it was as if God was talking directly to me. It's like no one else was in the room but me, and you were talking directly to me. What is it? It's an acknowledgement of the supernatural power of a spiritual gift that God gave to me. And you know what's funny? I didn't even know I had it. I was 19, 20 years old. had no clue because I never wanted to do that in my life. But once I found it, after serving for like two years, I studied up on it, I started to use it regularly, honed it. There is nothing other than being a husband and a dad that is more satisfying on a soul level than using the gifts God gave me here. Not a thing I do that fills me up like doing this. When you find out what your spiritual gift is and then you allow God to use it to touch someone else's life on a soul level, it is satisfying because you suddenly have this sense that you're doing what you were created to do. You suddenly realize, I think this might be one of the purposes God gave me this gift and put me on this planet. You know what God's dream is, is for the church, is that the church would be this powerful, energized championship team where every person within the church feels the thrill of God using their gifts to move someone else forward supernaturally 
where leaders are leading, teachers are teaching, administrators are administrating, shepherds are shepherding, encouragers are encouraging, people with hospitality gifts are hosting, intercessors are praying, there are gifts of wisdom, knowledge, faith, giving helps. All of those God gives to you when you become a follower of Christ. And once you find out what that is, the goal of yours is to use it in your church. Because you are a unique part of the body of Christ. If you don't play your part, nobody benefits, including you. But if you play your part, everybody benefits, including you. So the first key to understanding your shape for serving is your spiritual gifts. Now, the second key is the H. It is the heart. Your heart, it represents the core of your desires, hopes, interests, dreams, your ambitions. They're unique to you. It's the seat and source of all your intentions, all of your motivations. What you love to do and care most about comes from your heart. Your heart is the real you. It's not what others think you are or what circumstances kind of have forced you to be. It determines why you say what you say and why you do what you do and also determines how you feel about those things. Your heart is why there are certain subjects that you feel passionate about and there are other things that you don't. <laughs> All right, I get it. Let's End go. The second quarter, <laughs> halftime, halftime. Welcome back to the KOFN Coffin. This segment is brought to us, this halftime show is brought to us by Alpha. What does it take to live a life of adventure? The truth is, the first step is always the hardest. That's the one that takes the most courage. But I've learned not to run from that fear and just do it. My Christian faith can be a little up and down like any relationship. It has struggles and it has doubts. But it's so often brought light to a dark path warmth to a cold mountain and strength to a failing body. I remember crawling onto the summit of Everest and clearing the snow from my mask to see the curvature of the earth at the edges. But finding a simple faith that empowers my life, to me, that's been my greatest adventure. Questions about life? Try Alpha. Alpha, if you're interested in learning more about life, faith, God, and how all that works together, we want to encourage you to come out starting February 17th. There is nothing that you'll go to that's better, more informed than the Alpha course. And, you know, as I'm hearing him talk, and he's talking about the curvature of the earth, seeing it from Everest, I- I've never seen that. But I have seen the curvature of my stomach, and it also inspires me. Yeah, you and me both. Dirty, you and me both. You know, Kyle, I thought Pastor Kevin did a better job that quarter, almost found his rhythm. What do you think? I'll pray about it. If I call, recall correctly, there were five letters to his acronym, right? Is that right? I think so, but, but let's check with the replay booth. Yes, confirmed, five letters, S-H-A-P-E, which is interesting because Kevin also has a shape, round. Mm, that's correct. I'm worried about that, but I'm more worried about the fact that he only seems to have barely gotten past the first letter. 
right? In an entire half of football, just the first out of five letters. I'm, I'm worried about his pace. That's a great point. He's got uh, pretty much four more to go and just two quarters of football to get to it. If he doesn't realize that others don't love the sound of, of his voice as much as he does, we're in for a long afternoon. Yeah, I'll say. We could end up like one of those internet memes where the stadium's empty, nothing but empty seats. Right. Yeah, uh, but you know, his story of how the coach told him just two hours before kickoff that he was starting in the game inspiring yes yes very inspiring and it brings to mind many other famous examples of guys sitting on the bench full of potential mm-hmm. with no notice thrust into combat and they achieve greatness right, right. tom brady uh brett Favre, uh kurt warner right but you know i was thinking did any of those guys whine like that though about being scared scared of a bunch of preteen children no, uh, no, I don't believe they did. No. no, I don't think so either. Oh, uh, I think the action is about to kick off here for the third quarter. Let's go back down to the field and see what Kevin's going to bring. Start of third quarter. All right. Okay. We're talking about your heart, your passions. Um, and uh, what I was saying when we got cut off is your heart is what determines why certain subjects you find passion in and others you could care less about. It is literally why I love all other NFL teams except for the New England Patriots and Green Bay Packers. That's why I love them. Um, but but what, here's the interesting thing. When you were growing up, there were things that you were intensely passionate about that no one else in your family cared about, right? And you're kind of going, man, why is that? Where do those passions come from? They came from God. God gave those to you, and he had a purpose in giving you what you're passionate about because he wants you to serve him passionately. He doesn't want you to serve him out of duty. He wants you to find an area in the church that you're passionate about and serve him in it. And if the church doesn't have something that you're passionate about, he wants you to start a ministry in your church that you'll be passionate about. And if you want to do that and you've got something you want to see done here and we're not currently doing it, come talk to me or Bill and we'll support you in starting that. But how do you know what you're passionate about? There'll be two things that show up. The first thing is enthusiasm. First thing is enthusiasm. When you are doing what you love to do, no one has to motivate you. No one has to challenge you. No one has to check up on you. You do it because you enjoy it. You are enthusiastic about it. That's one of the passions that God gave to you. Not only do you find enthusiasm, you find effectiveness. You'll be effective at it. Whenever you do what God wired you to love to do, you're going to get good at it because you're going to do it a lot. So God uses our hearts, things we're passionate about, to guide us to unique opportunities to serve him by serving other people in the church. And as I meet and talk to people, there are so many different things that we are passionate about. It's amazing how different we are, and that's the way God designed us. Like some of you grandmas in here, I'm just going to call on you grandmas. Some of you, you love babies, and you love, you love toddlers. Serve in that area. Go serve in K-Kids. We need you. We need to double the size of that ministry. Go hold a baby or play with toddlers for an hour, and then come to the next service. Some of you, you love fixing cars and things like that. I would love to start a ministry here where we get people together that love to fix things and fix single moms and widows' cars for them, where we can just do that for very cheap or no money at all. That's a ministry that you could start up or that you could serve. Um, Some of you, you love sitting with people that are suffering, people that are hurting, and you need to be going and making hospital calls and praying with people and suffering with them. That's one of the gifts God gave you. It's a part of your heart and your passion. Some of you, you love making people feel welcome. You have a gift of hospitality 
and you've got a, you've got a, you've got a passion to do that. You can be on our usher greeter team or our coffee team. There's a place for you to use what you're passionate about. Now, along with your spiritual gifts and your heart, God has given you the next letter, A, abilities. Every one of you have abilities and talents and skills that make you unique. And if you think back, you were born with them. You have had them from a very young age. Easy example, most decorated Olympian in history is Michael Phelps, right? Do you, have you ever seen the sports special on him? Like God, he has a God-given ability to swim. His physique, his, by the way, his body is built with long arms, long torso, and a lot of strength. He can swim better than anyone else on the planet. He was born that way. God gave him that ability. Now, that's an extreme example, but it's not unlike you. You may think you have no abilities or you're just average at your abilities, but from a biblical perspective, those abilities were given to you purposefully. They were not an accident. God didn't just hand them out and made a mistake. He actually gave them to you for a purpose, and he gave you those special abilities to support your areas of passions and bless other people. Your abilities go along with your passions and your ability to bless other people. 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you some special abilities. Can I say that out loud? God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them too. Help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. God gave you special abilities not merely to make a living. Because I'm telling you, you use some of your special abilities to make a living. But he didn't give those to you just for that. He also gave those to you so that you might serve him with them and make a lasting impact. And when you serve God with those special abilities, you actually move the kingdom forward and everyone benefits. Now, how do you find out what your abilities are? Some of you just know. Others of you, you need to get in there and experiment. If you want to know what God's will is for your life, you need to really examine what you're good at and what you're not good at. And then use what you're good at, not only in the workplace, but in the kingdom, in the church. We had a guy who used to be a part of our church for years, um, but he took a job out of state and moved, which was very sad. Um, But he loved Jesus, and he knew what his gifts and abilities were. And he would always tell me, he was one of our really big givers, okay? Like in, in a church, you have a few of those people, they just give large amounts of money. And he would always say, Kevin, God has given me the ability to just make money. He's just like, look, from a young age, everything I touch just seemed to turn to gold. It's like I just had an ability that I have. When I do it, it pays a lot. And I'm like, why didn't I get that ability, right? Like, come on, give me that ability, God, Jesus, Pete. But then what's interesting is he would also say, you know what else, Kevin, that God gave me? He gave me the gift of giving. And he's like, I love making a lot of money, and I love giving it away. And when I give it away, I feel like that's my purpose on earth. I get more joy out of giving away what I've made than anything else. And I was just like, God bless you, brother, you know? (laughs) It's like, could you give us 20 more of those, God? That would be great. But the abilities you do have are a strong indication of what God wants you to do with your life. And your abilities were given to you not just to make a living. They were given to you to serve and do ministry with inside of God's church and to God's people. Now, let's get to the P, personality. Let's talk personality. Hopefully you have one. Ask the person next to you, do I have a personality? Don't answer, don't ask, okay? Um, But I know a number of you, you guys have, there's a lot of personality in this room. Um, But let me just state a scientific fact. There has never been, nor will there ever be, someone exactly like you. How do I know that? Because DNA molecules alone, they're infinite in variety and they're infinite. Um, they, they unite in an infinite number of ways. Genetically, you're a one of one. 
You were a one of one. God made you. He broke the mold. And, uh, and, and I know that you don't have any personality quirks, um, nor do I, but we all know somebody with personality quirks, right? Yes, we all know that. Um, we are all quirky and different from each other. I'll just tell you one of my personality quirks. If you and I are hanging out and you share a good idea, I will at some point steal your idea and share it as if it's my own. And I won't realize I did it. And you'll be saying, everyone will go, that's a great idea, Kevin. And you'll be going, I just said that. And I will not have any clue that you just said it. And I steal your idea. And then I get the credit. And I never give you credit because I don't even know I stole it. Okay. One of my personality quirks, it'll happen if we start hanging out. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things. We're all wired up incredibly different. Okay. There we go. End of third <laughs> quarter. There we go. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the Underpants Show here on the KOFN Network. Uh, this segment wouldn't be possible without the good people at Kensington Student Ministries who will be hosting a Super Bowl watch party tonight at the 246. Yeah, I sure wouldn't want to miss that. I hear the guy who runs the student ministry here at this church is amazing. Of course, best in the business. You know, Kyle, the best part, uh, the best quarter, that was the best quarter yet. With all that talk about ability and, and passion and, and using all that stuff to help others, I was especially moved by Kevin's story of how he jumped into the student ministry back in the day. Do you, do you know, is, is that how he lost his leg? Well, you know, Kyle, I've heard several versions of that story, but the one I find most compelling is that he actually added the prosthetic as a performance enhancer. Ah, that's right. I actually saw that 30 for 30 special about him. It is less more, right? right? He's the only athlete in history, the only amputee in history, whose athleticism increased after the procedure. Right, right. You know, another part of, the, of Valentine's message I found interesting was when he talked about your passion lining up with your ability. Yes, well, Valentine certainly has great passion for spreading the gospel. Yeah. But for his abilities... Uh... Yeah, the jury's still out. I'll have to pray about it. And as we head to the fourth quarter, let's all pray that it's better than what we've seen, heard, and endured so far. You are brutal. You are brutal, little brother. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. So where were we? Let me find where. Okay. Oh yeah. First off, uh, ushers, if you guys can come forward, we're gonna we're gonna um, receive our offering now. Um, if you call Kensington home, this is where we give back to God from what He's blessed us with. And uh, if you are visiting here today, let the basket go by. We're grateful that you are here. We love that you're here, and um, I hope that this service is actually a gift to you and that you're having a great time. Because I know that I am and we are. Um, but let's get into um, the rest of this personality thing. There is no one on planet Earth with your combination of spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, and personality. There's not another person like you because God designed you as a one-of-a-kind masterpiece. That's why the writer of Psalm 139 says this, 139.13, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb, speaking to God. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. And if you really want to know how complex God made us, just look at women. Okay, so uh, moving on. Um, I'm just kidding. We are, men are as complex as you. We just don't cry as much, okay? Um, so anyways, I'm just picking at you. I really am. That's just a joke. Um, but, but here's the thing. We all have unique personalities, and your personality affects how and where 
you use your spiritual gifts and abilities. Your personality really affects how and where you use the spiritual gifts and abilities that God gave you. And then the last letter of your unique shape is the E. It's your experiences. It's your experiences. The experience thing is this. You have gone through experiences in your life, both good and bad. You've had mountaintop and valley experiences, most of which are outside of your control. And God can use all of that for you to be a blessing to other people. Rick Warren used one of the best lines in the book is that God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes a hurt. Now, what does God want to do with the pain in our lives specifically? God wants to carry us through the hurts. And if we'll let him, he will use our hurts and the dark parts of our life to actually help other people. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. And you're going to read the bolded parts with me. Who comforts us in all our... So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And I'm just telling you, this is so powerful when you start looking at life through God's lens, the very experiences that you have resented in your life, the very experiences that you have regretted most in life, the ones that you want to forget, the ones you want to hide, the ones you hope nobody ever finds out about are the very experiences that God wants to use in your life to help other people. And I'll just tell you this, no one else on this earth has the same unique set of experiences that you have. No one else, good and bad, which makes you the only you that God has, which makes you the only you that we have as a church, which means if you are willing to apply your shape to the church, we all benefit and you benefit. And so let me boil this down to two application points. The first one is one day you're going to stand before God and you're going to give an account for your life. And God's going to ask you two questions. The first one is a salvation question. And God's going to ask you, what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? So he's going to ask you, what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? And I'll just tell you, none of the stuff we talked about today is applicable until you have a relationship with Jesus. Your spiritual gifts don't show up in your life. God can't hone and shape your abilities to be used inside the church until you cross that line of faith where the Holy Spirit moves into your life and he brings with him spiritual gifts and an ability to discern what those are and then where to employ them and deploy them. And I'm telling you, you have more than one gift. Most of us have more than one gift to benefit the church and other people inside the church, your ministry. And for you to activate that and start that, the first thing is join God's team. That really is the invitation every Sunday that we give. Would you join God's team by accepting Jesus Christ, his forgiveness? And some of you need to do that today, right now. And so I'm going to invite everyone in this room, would you close your eyes and bow your head, everybody in the room. And I just want to invite those of you in here, and you're just like hearing this invitation to be on God's team, and God's been nudging you and kind of pressing on your heart that you need to do this. Today's your day. Super Bowl 2020 is when you get it, you join God's team. And I just want to ask you to pray with me. Make my words yours if today is your day and you're ready. You don't have to say them out loud, but connect your heart to what you're saying and talk to God and say something like this. You can just say, Dear Jesus... I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I want to join your team today. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead, and I turn from my sins, and I invite you to come into my heart and life. Today, I surrender my life to you.
Amen. And I'll just tell you this. If you um, prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to tell somebody that's been praying for you or that brought you today and just tell them I prayed and stop at starting point in the lobby and say, hey, I I just prayed and we want to give you a Bible and help you with some next steps. Um, Let me get to the second thing that God's going to ask you when you stand before him someday. It's a stewardship question. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? And he's talking your time, your resources, your relationships, your opportunities, your church family, your spiritual gifts. What did you do with what you were given? Because this whole series has been here is preparation for the next life for eternity. One day God is going to come and say, how much time did you spend on yourself versus how much time you spent investing and serving other people? That's just going to be one of the things that we're going to have to to really respond to. And so really today is like um, once you discover your shape, you need to get in the game. And how do you discover your shape? By getting in the game. You figure it out as you go along. And I love this, um, this story. Bill Malott, our executive pastor, told me a story of his, um, one of his uh, 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 second cousins, Rich Malott. He played in the NFL for nine years. He was a football player at Penn State. His junior year, he was a tailback. He was a second-string tailback. He sat on the bench the entire year. In between seasons, before his senior year, he actually went to the coach, and he said, Coach, Joe Paterno, he went, said, Coach, I want to play. What do I need to do? They moved him to linebacker. The next year, he played in every single snap of every single game, and at the end of that year was drafted by the Washington Redskins, played nine seasons in the NFL, went to three Super Bowls with two Super Bowl championship rings because they won. Now, here's the question. Would that have happened in his life if he would have sat on the bench his senior year and waited for the coach to come to him? Would that have happened? I want to answer, would that have happened? No. He had to go to the coach and say, Coach, put me in the game. Or none of that would have happened that would have never been his story if he'd have sat back and waited for the coach to come coax him into telling him what he might be able to do. He just wanted to get in the game. That's what great players do. And let me just tell you this. God designed you to be a great player on his championship team. And are you going to sit on the bench and wait for somebody to come invite you and coax you? Are you just going to go get in the game? I will just tell you my life was absolutely turned upside down and changed when I started using my shape to serve God. And let me just tell you, this is not about having a career in ministry. This is for anybody with any career. You take your shape, you employ it inside God's kingdom. And I'll tell you, in this room, we have every single thing we need to double our K-Kids right now. And I'll tell you, it's holding back our church and growth because we need to grow that area of ministry. We need people that are willing to make themselves available. And right now, you know what we have in our church? We don't have a giftedness problem. We don't have a numbers problem. We have an availability problem. We have a whole lot of people with incredible gifts, incredible skills, and incredible shapes that are unwilling to make themselves available to serve God for even one service out of two. And that's not to talk down to anybody. It's just to tell you that this part of the purpose of why God made you, he made you to be on the field to get in the game. That's why he, one of the reasons he puts you on this earth is to use a, do ministry inside the church. And so I just want to say this. If you are ready to j- get in the game and jump in, in your program, you have a card in there that lists every area of ministry we have at this church. And I want to ask you to fill it out today and, and drop it at starting point on your way out. I just want to challenge you to do that. We need you. God needs you. This church needs you. I need you. Every staff member needs you. Every other volunteer needs your gifts and your unique shape to be employed here, deployed here for the purpose of the kingdom. Would you be willing to do that here and see what God does and find your shape by jumping in? We don't wait till we know our shape. We jump in wherever needed and God shows us our shape as we go. Would you be willing to do that? I hope you will be willing to join our team.